When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side. Good right evening, side. Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the fan sided network and finfanatic.com. I'm Brian Cat, NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. Be sure to join us for our draft day party picks one through 32 we're going to be here the whole time as well as the second day be sure to to be in there turn off espn turn off the nfl network they're probably lying to you anyway so join us here on the fin side and we'll we're going to go through whether it's dolphins talk or not we're going to be talking about how the board's going and what other teams may be thinking in real time as we go along but paul this is probably my favorite show of the year and this is really for all the marbles i mean this it's our big board specific to the Miami Dolphins. If we were GM, how we would be stacking our board from 1 to 36. And why 36? Why such a round number? Because we look at our boards and say we could easily have three of these top 36 guys. So really exciting here with just what? We're about 70 hours away. No, about 71 and a half hours away from the NFL draft. Hey Dolphins fans, this podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we've been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We are offering up to 15% off when you use code MINUTE15 at earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia. Follow on social media at the Danette May and at Earth Echo Foods. Yeah, and, and what I'd like to just make, make sure we're clear on for, for our listeners is this is our top 36 Dolphins big board. Not like the best 36 in the draft. Uh, I'm not sure if you said it already. I know I, I don't have any quarterbacks on there because I just don't believe they're going quarterback, period. Either. I don't either. It's it's 
I was on the press conference with Greer the other day, and you know, I'm not saying he's going to tell the truth all the time, let alone in the media, but he's in on Tua, and he's in on seeing what he's got in Tua, and he's stashed his ammunition for if Tua doesn't work out, he's got his future ammo to go get the quarterback he wants. Uh, if Miami wanted was in on a quarterback this year, they wouldn't have moved out of three. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I can't be any clearer on that. Absolutely. And Trevor Lawrence is going one. He was always going number one. That's not an option. And the other guys below him, I mean, yeah, I could have put a quarterback maybe 28th on this list, but what's really the point? And this is how GMs stack their boards. They they don't list absolutely every. They don't have a board of 400 players. Typically, that board is only about 100 players throughout the entire draft. This year might be a little bit more. Uh, because of the whole COVID-related season here. So, Paul, we've got a lot to go through, so let's let's jump right into it. So we're going to start at the bottom. We're going to run through these real fast. And as far as the positional breakdowns, we take a deeper dive in our positional previews here. Be sure to check those out on YouTube, on our social media outlets here. So, Paul, I'm going to run through my 31 through 36 real quick here. 36, Peyton Turner, the defensive end out of Houston, massive guy, 6'6", 268. Aaron Robinson at 35, cornerback, nickelback, uh, outside-inside guy out of UCF. 34, Terrace Marshall, the giant wide receiver out of LSU. 33, Elijah Molden, nickelback slash safety, Tyron Matthews-style player there out of the University of Washington. 32, a lot lower here, Quiddy Pay from Michigan, the defensive end. And 31, uh, a favorite of a lot of Dolphins fans, center Creed Humphrey here out of Oklahoma. So for me, and and, and I, I, I don't hate your top, uh, your, where you put some of these guys, even though I know they're further down the board than some folks would have them. Uh, at 36 and 35, I went with a pair of tackles. Tevin Jenkins, who I really like, but I just I, I don't think Miami's going to be deep in the tackle class. Uh, and Sam Cosme. Um, this is going to make you sad because I know you love this guy and would want him at 18. I, I just can't see it happening. But Christian Barmore I brought in at 34 just because I don't feel like defensive tackles a need. And, um, you know, they, they've gone so deep on it, we're going to be cutting some talent anyway. So, and, and that's where Barmore moves down here. I'll hit my first running back at, at 33 in Travis Etienne uh, out of Clemson. Love the guy. I think he'd be a great fit for Miami. I don't think he's as good as good of a fit as some other folks, and that's why he's as low as he is. 32 is a player I love. I draft him in every mock draft I get the chance to. Uh, the belly Quinn Miners comes in here at, at 32, and, and mainly because I think of where he'll be available uh, versus the value for him. And then at 31, I've got Greg Newsom in the corner. Uh, I, I think he's a hell of a talent. I just, you know... Given where the needs are, that's where he slides down a little bit for me. Yeah, Newsom probably should go 15 to 20 range, somewhere like that. I think he's a hell of a player, too. Uh, I, I I don't think he'll be a great fit for this defense, but that's why you have him a little bit further down this list, too. Uh, the only one out of, out of your list that I don't have on my board is Sam Cosme, uh, but still a good player and tested out of this world and has a lot of experience. At 30... One of everybody's favorites, and one I think Paul probably has higher on his board, that's uh, Tulsa linebacker Zayvon Collins. And then I go on a run 
with the rest of my board here, 26 through 29. 29, I've got Joe Tryon who from Washington, the big hulking defensive end who opted out this past year out of Washington. 28, we've got uh, Gregory Rousseau from Miami, who has fallen down this board throughout the process here after his workouts, but still can use that length in Brian Flores' defense. 37, another guy I know Paul has on his list, and that's Boogie Basham from Wake Forest University. And finally, 26, defensive end Jason Owe, the real polarizing edge players in this draft who didn't have a sack this past year, but brings 439 speed and unbelievable measurables to the table. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to upset Martina in our chat because at number 30, I've got Quiddy Pay, and there's no way he's on the board at this point in time. He's a heck of a player, but again, sometimes it's about the fit for the defense, and, and I don't feel like Quiddy is the best fit for this Dolphins defense in any way, shape, or form. At 29, I've got Tryon as well on my board, which which surprised me a little bit when it, when it came down to it. Uh, believe it or not, I don't have Rousseau on my board anymore. He's actually slid just outside of it, which is shocking considering how in on him everybody was before Pro Day. Um, after uh, Tryon, I've got Morig, the safety. Uh, I, I think he's a heck of a talent. He's the number two safety on my board. Uh, and I don't think he'll be available either. And then, t- where did you stop, Cat? I apologize. No, you're good. You're. Uh, I stopped at 26, so you got two more there. All right, so I'll go to 26 then. Aziz Ojolari, the pass rusher edge player, I've got at 27. And at 26, my fav- one of my favorites in this draft, a guy that I've loved for over a year now, Richie Grant. Um, he could be a switchblade for this defense, a movable chess piece that I think Flores would have a heck of a time moving all over the, the place. Yeah, a few of these guys I've got a little bit higher, so I'll, I'll keep on going with my list here. 25, a, a player I've got higher than, than a lot of people, and that's uh, linebacker Jabril Cox from LSU. Brings so many skills to the passing game as a coverage linebacker. Uh, 24, uh, Travis Etienne from Clemson. Somebody that... I'm a lot lower on it at this point than I thought it would be, but the need at running back forces him up the board. I think there's a huge drop-off after ETN as that third running back, especially for the Dolphins. I think you got to get one by 36. Uh, 23, Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard tackle out of USC. Uh, if you draft him, you plug him in at guard or tackle. Either way, Austin Jackson's teammate is going to compete for a spot on the line. He's been solid throughout the whole process. 22, linebacker Jeremiah Uwusu Koromora from Notre Dame. Uh, the positionless safety linebacker could have a lot of fun in this defense if Brian Flores feels that he can play that slot. 21, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, who came in a little bit smaller than people thought, but incredibly creative route runner with great hands. Uh if the Dolphins get that pass catcher at the top, I don't see Bateman factoring in. But if they find themselves in a position where they don't get a pass catcher, which I think is very, very unlikely, then I think Bateman could figure into the mix here. Yeah, and for me, I want to, I, I, I like Bateman a lot. I think I like him more than you do. And even if they do get pits, I could see them potentially going back to the receiver well because of the fact that Will Fuller is on that one-year deal and you know we he's one drug test away from you know being in no man's land even though i know it was a supplement or whatever he claimed it was i'll stop you there though too paul if if that were the case if the dolphins end up going back to back receivers 
Devontae Parker's gone. He's getting traded. Possibly. Like, I, I, I don't see any way that we need to stock a sixth receiver on this roster. Like, I I just don't see it. it, it just because if you're that afraid that Will Fuller's going to fail a drug test, you shouldn't have signed him. Well, and, and, and he's on a one-year prove-it, for one. Um, and for two, what I would say, and I know this isn't something either of us really are like, oh, my God, this has to happen, but if you were to sign several of these receivers in this draft, you could be trying to replace Jakeem Grant in his role, um, which, you know, could... And if you can get somebody that can step into those starter shoes and replace Grant, uh, if Will Fuller either has a big year, which... If you get Kyle Pitts and you've got him and you've got Gasicki at, at tight end with those two tight ends tearing up the middle of the field and you've got Will Fuller and one-on-one on the outside, there's no reason that Will Fuller shouldn't play himself into possibly a contract we can't afford for next year. Um, so it, it, it is possible, even though the likelihood obviously goes down. Um, yeah, I, I think Will Fuller, if, if he has a big year... The Dolphins should do everything to re-sign him or franchise him. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you franchise him, he's only got sixteen million a year. Anyway, I've I've gone way off the path here. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's I, it's. I'm just acknowledging the possibility there. I mean, and who knows? We may not even get the crack at Pitts, and then all bets are off. Um, so I went ahead at twenty-five and Creed Humphrey. Uh, I know you talked about him a little bit already. We talked about him extensively before. Uh, one of the better centers we've seen, and it's it's crazy that how good the top end of the center class is this year. Um, as far as that goes, at 21, I've got Najee. Oh, I apologize. I skipped way ahead of myself. Uh, at 24, I've got Javante Williams, the bruising running back. Uh, Elijah Molden, the, the defensive back at 23. At 22, I've got Boogie Basham. Um, what he could be for this defense, I really like especially since you can kick him inside, outside, and he can be that flip-flop player. I know I've got a lot of multi-positional players in here, but that's not just what I like in a player. It's something Flores has shown time and again that he likes in a player, and that, that's big for me there. Oh, good, Jat, you made it. Um, after Boogie, I've got Najee Harris at 21, which is probably a little lower than some folks do. But again, I, I like the depth of this running back class, and if you fix some of the other things here a little bit better. Um, and then at 20, I've got Owe, uh, the, you know, who may not have had the most production in college, but you know, you're still talking a, a 4-3 defensive end slash edge player that can, that can do some things. And I think it's one of those cases of production versus potential that we've talked a lot about this draft season. Yeah, I, I think our picks are starting to look a lot more similar, just spaced out a few apart here now because – I think everybody you listed there, I've got somewhere on here. Um, so number 20 on my list is uh, is Quinn Miners, the center from Wisconsin Whitewater. So I've got him way up here. And just the center guard versatility and what him working with Flores at Senior Bowl and Flores's roster, or Flores's coaching staff, moving him from guard to center and then dominating the week. And the Dolphins need a center. I really think they're going to come away with here, Creed Humphrey, in this draft. 19, cornerback uh, Patrick Sertan from Alabama. Now, he was somebody that I've, I, I've got a little bit lower than the consensus because it's not a huge need here for the Dolphins. I'm not positive he's a great fit in the scheme, but he can play in this man-to-man um, uh, defense as well. It, it just requires a lot of speed. Sertan has good speed, not great speed, even though he ran a 4-4-2. 
uh, 18 back-to-back running backs here. I've got running back Javante Williams from North Carolina. 17, I've got Najee Harris, uh, the running back from Alabama. So back-to-back, very close on both of them. 16, Jamin Davis from Kentucky. Even though off-ball linebacker isn't a huge need for the Dolphins after they got Bernardrick McKinney and they've got Jerome Baker on the roster, I think we could be looking at this guy in a year or two saying, man, he was the Darius Leonard of this draft here. He's got a he's great size, a lot of range that he covers there. Yeah, and for me, I've got Elijah Vera Tucker in at 19. I know I already gave 20. Um, and then I've got the Moors. Like I've got those two handcuffed together on every big board, I think, so far. One, one above the other, it flip-flops for me. But Rondale Moore and Elijah Moore, the wide receivers. Um, really a run on wide receivers right down through 15 for me, so I'll just keep going. Kadarius Toney at 16. And Terrace Marshall at 15, which I know you've got him a little bit lower than I do, but Terrace Marshall is one of those guys I keep sticking on because of what I, you know, looking at the tendencies of Greer and Flores and trusting in Flores' staff's coaching ability to get the most out of players. You can't find a wide receiver with more potential um, this side of Pitts in this draft than Terrace Marshall, even if he has no, he's come nowhere near reaching it yet. Right, yeah, that that's a run on receivers there, and that it shows that why you're you you're you've always been really open to the idea of not taking a receiver at six, even though that's probably going to happen. Um, you know, I take that back. You've always wanted Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase, but if it was Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, you preferred always to stay later. So, yeah, that's that's fascinating there. So, at fifteen. Continuing down the list, Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. And I want to just park on him for a second here because we have really smart listeners here who commented on something I said in the last segment with the Edge class. I said that Ojolari was not a good fit in this defense. And what I really meant to say was as far as size, being 249 pounds, even though he has strong hands and good pass rush moves, it's hard for me to see Brian Flores drafting an edge guy at 249 pounds. That's just my guess. I, I I do think he fits reasonably well in this defense, but he also has has to show the ability on the edge to do a lot of things, including play off the football a lot. I think that's more of a projection at this point. But this is a phenomenal edge player. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, 14 is Christian Barmore from Alabama. Again, he's a 3-4 end. And you want to talk about somebody that just sets the edge like Shaq Lawson did and can get to the quarterback. I think Barmore's your guy and can do it at the 310 pounds. 13, Christian Darisaw from Virginia Tech. Big, powerful left tackle would give the Dolphins options there. 12, have him way higher than a lot of people. Elijah Moore from Ole Miss reminds me of Antonio Brown with his ability to separate. Trevon Morig from TCU. I'm not big on drafting safeties this high usually. But at 6-1-2-0-2, his ability to come downhill as well as defend the ball over his head, I think he's going to be a star. All right. Did you do number 11 already or no? Uh, yeah, I got down to 11, yeah. All right. So, by the way, I think I've sold Boogie Basham so well that Jat wants to get him with the sixth overall pick. I love you, Jat. I love you, man. Thank you. <laughs> I like the enthusiasm. Uh, I don't know about the pick, though. Yeah, no, I, I love Boogie though. I do, you know, I do. But Thanks, I, I, if they if 
if they drafted him at six, it would be a very interesting draft coverage on Thursday, let me tell you. Um, I, I would be so happy and so upset, all wrapped into one. Uh, all right, so I'm going to take us down to through number 11 for me. Um, I got a small run on linebackers here, follow, linebackers and corners here from, from 11 through 15. Um, it's I've got Awusu Koromoa at or 14, sorry, at 14. Uh, Jameen Davis. The highly athletic jump off the page linebacker, followed by Zaven Collins at twelve, and then Caleb Farley at eleven. I know corner's not a big need here, but eleven it, or twelve, you got him at. I've got I've got Caleb Farley at eleven. I started at fourteen there because I did my wide receiver run before. Thank you. Um, so fourteen Wusukoromora, thirteen Jameen Davis, twelve Zaven Collins, and eleven is Caleb Farley. Uh, and matter of fact, since I said I had the run on corners, I'll admit number ten I had J.C. Horn. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, we're going to be close. I'll have him somewhere in the top 10 as well. So now uh, now we get down to that top 10 here. And what I'd be interested to know, Paul, after we, we get through this 6 through 10 list here is what players here, if any, would you be interested in trading up for at any time if they got close to 18? And the answer could be none of them. Uh, and or it could be, yeah, I'd move up a couple of spots. Or, yeah, I'd trade way up to get him. So, 10 is Rashawn Slater from, from Northwestern. I've got him as my third offensive tackle, not my second uh, on this year. He's, he's one of the cleanest prospects in the draft. Center, guard, tackle, versatility. Uh, hasn't played center, but a lot of people think he can, and I, including myself. Nine, Jalen Phillips. I made the decision a couple weeks ago to jump in with both feet. I think he is a star player you just have to you're rolling the dice with the concussion issues but he's just a a beautiful athlete there at the edge spot and I think you could add a star to this defense in the middle of the first round can't say that about a lot of people Uh, eight is Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State I see him as if you play him at right guard I think you've got Brandon Scherf I think you've got a five or six time pro bowler the play strength the balance the nastiness it's all there Uh, seven uh, J.C. Horn from South Carolina, and I very easily could have him as high as four on this list, and he would be four if not for the Dolphins not needing to draft a cornerback. But 20 years old, looks like the exact player that you want Brian Flores and Josh Boyd to have at the cornerback spot with the style, with the man-to-man press coverage ability. Um, but he stays here at seven for me. Then six, Jalen Waddell from Alabama. I... Uh, He's somebody I mocked to the Dolphins in a previous episode as what I think they would do. And if Pitts and Chase are not there, it's a lot of talk that he might be that pick at number six. I personally would think I would like to step back. I would like to trade back if that were the case. But Waddle is certainly in play here for the Dolphins here at six overall. He is. Um, And I already said number 10 for me was J.C. Horn. After that, we've got a few of the same players. Um, Rashawn Slater, I've got at nine. Uh, Rashad Bateman at eight. Jalen Phillips, Ooh. all the same reasons you said at seven. Um, and then I've got Jalen Waddle at six as well. Um, it, it's I like Waddle a lot. I don't like him as much as some folks do. And I, I I've started to talk myself watching his tape into questioning having him as high as I do here. Believe it or not. So who'd you have at seven and six there again? 
Uh, Jalen Phillips at seven. Jalen Waddle at six. Okay, okay. The Jalen's. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, so back to that question there. So let's say, for example, that the Dolphins get a draft a, a pass catcher at six. They stay at six. They take Pitts. They take Jamar Chase. They take Jalen Waddle. Or even Devontae Smith, you know. Say Rashawn Slater starts to fall a little bit. Let's say he falls into that 13, 14 range. Are you willing to stay at 18 and let the chips fall to you, or are you willing to jump up a few spots? I'm staying. Um, If I've already drafted a pass catcher, um, as far as anybody in my 6 through 10, uh, which is Waddle, Phillips, Bateman, Slater, and Horn, I'm I'm sitting at 18 and hoping one of them slides. I'm overall with you on that. I mean, if you start talking about, hey, you flip a fourth rounder next year to jump from 18 to 15 or 60, okay, fine, whatever. I mean, that that's fine. But, but by and large, I agree with you. I mean, if you're talking about trading up for J.C. Horn because he fell to 12, that's something I would do. I don't think the Dolphins would, and I don't think they draft a cornerback, period, in the first round, even though Horn, I'd like him to. <laughs> Um, so let's get to the top five here. Um, and number five, I've got Devonta Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama, weighed in at 166 pounds. But the play strength, the length, played with Tua, Heisman Trophy winner. I I still think he can be a great player. I'm just not 100% convinced that the 166 pounds isn't going to hurt him in his playthrough strength when he gets to the next level. But if it doesn't, I mean, you've, you've got a star here. Number four, I've got Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. We've always had him higher than other people, and I think we've you've got him higher than I do probably on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I don't even have to ask you if, hey, they draft the pass catcher at six if you're willing to trade up uh, for him. So are you, you're willing to trade up to nine? I would trade up as far as eight if I had, had to. Okay. Uh, it's If you told me Miami walked away from this draft – with Pitts and Parsons, and you didn't even finish telling me what else they got, I would tell you that this is a draft that they knocked out of the park. All right, so you're the Broncos and the Dolphins, let's say they're talking. Yep. Dolphins are talking about going from 18 up to 9. Mm-hmm. They've already secured a pass catcher at 6. Micah Parsons is on the board. That's who they want. The offer is, for the swap, your 36th overall pick this year, and your 80th overall pick in the second in the third round. Are you still making that? Okay, okay. I, I honestly, it's it's to me. Micah Parsons has all the tools to be a potential Hall of Famer, and this is a coaching staff that I think is going to maximize his effectiveness and and get the best out of him maturity wise. So you factor in that that perfect storm, Micah Parsons is going to do so many ridiculous things if he ends up with this coaching staff that, yes, I'd be willing to give up. I'd be willing to look like I lost a trade to go up and get him if Denver was willing to do so or if Carolina was willing to do so at 8. Or, hell, if Dan Campbell was willing to do so at 7 and we look like we lost a trade a little bit and look a little stupid in the process to get a potential Hall of Famer, sign me up every time. We are 100% on the same page with that. I It's a flat yes for me, too. If you're talking about uh, on this list here, I, the Dolphins could get two of the top, heck, maybe even if Kyle Pitts falls, two of the top four players 
on my board, probably two of the top three players on yours. So yeah, it's, it's, it, Hey, at that point, I'll figure out, we'll figure out running back and center. You still have a second round pick. You're picking 50th and we're going to, we're going to cross our fingers at the center spot. I think that's worth having two star players. I think it's part of the reason why you accumulate all these draft picks. So you have that flexibility when the opportunity presents itself. So, um, Five Devontae Smith for me, four Micah Parsons, three Kyle Pitts, two Jamar Chase, and I am staying with number one, Penny Sewell, even though I don't think the Dolphins are going to draft him. But I will say I've come this far. It's 1A, Penny Sewell, 1A, 1B, Jamar Chase, and 1C, Kyle Pitts. I would be thrilled with any of them. I expect them to take Chase or Pitts if they fall to six. And... That rounds out my board. All right. So, number five, I'm 100% in agreement with you, Devontae Smith. I've got him firmly above Jalen Waddle at this point. And as far as his 166-pound playing weight, I don't care. He's not a wrestler. He's not a tight end. He's not going to be staying in tight and blocking people. He's not coming out of the backfield and running into a big fat guy. I'm fine with whatever the hell weight he's at at wide receiver. He's 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 not at a position where his weight really truly matters. Um, no, it, it's I'm sorry. Like there there are positions I care about their weight and size and blah 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 and arm length and you name it. Like, but I've said it all along here. If you're four foot tall and, and four feet wide, but you can run a four three and catch a ball with separation, let's go. You know, like that's that's what matters to me at wide receiver. Period. Um, at number four, I've got your number one, Penny Sewell. Um, it's I think he's a hell of a talent, but I think Miami's needs on offense predicate themselves a little more inside. Not that I wouldn't be happy with Sewell and moving Hunt or or Austin Jackson into guard, but I think the move here is is either a pass catcher or a defensive monster. Um, and and in that vein, at number three, I've got Jamar Chase. Um, and then at, at 1B, I, I've got Micah Parsons. And 1A, with an exclamation point, I've got Kyle Pitts. I mean, you could basically tell me, I've, I've got that top tier on my overall big board where there's a single level there at the top end of the board, and that single level has Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, Micah Parsons, Jamar Chase, and Penny Sewell. All five of them are the cream of the crop of this draft class, period. Well done. And I, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've got some differences. We've got some similarities there. So it'll be, that's what it's going to make, the draft party that much more fun because you're going to have your guys. I'm going to have my guys and we're going to have dueling mock draft tomorrow that we're going to carry over into Thursday. Let's see who the victor will be in that one. It's going to be me, but uh, just, oh, yeah, one. yeah. Well, you know, just so you know, my, my offensive coordinator is in the room saying things that everybody's agreeing with. And most of the things he's saying are in agreement with me. So I'm thinking that there's a lot more of us than there are of you cat. Uh, but you know, I could be wrong. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. I don't have a comeback for that. It's it's. it's I mean, it's almost my bedtime. It's eight oh three right now. P.S. Oh, you grumpy old man. <laughs> but I'll be staying up till the brink of ten thirty p.m. on draft night. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I'll put the warm milk aside. I'll be I'll be having something else instead. Uh, so, Paul, before we uh, we 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 sign off here, let's. Who are some, I'm trying to think. Who are some players? Sertan. On, your, on your list, yes, Sertan was not on your list. Uh, I love Sertan. I just don't feel he's a fit in any way, shape, or form. And he's a cornerback. Uh, you, you'd have you'd have to basically take your entire defense and shift it to a, to something else with Sertan on the field. And you don't shift your entire defense for one player unless maybe they're a Hall of Famer. And I don't think he is. I, I think he's going to be a very good player in this league for a very long time. I love his father. Um, you know, great guy, great player. But at the end of the day, just not a fit. Another one uh, would be the upper body of Landon Dickerson. I can't say the lower body because that's even further down my board than where he didn't make it to. Uh, I, I would like Landon Dickerson better playing on stilts than the legs that he has. Got it. Yeah, I've, I don't have Landon Dickerson either. That was one of the notables I had off my list. Kadarius Tony was another one. He was just, just below that because, you know, did it for one year. I can't vouch for the character. And he, to me, is an east-to-west dynamic player and he can do some unbelievable things but is this somebody who is going to refine himself as a route runner well enough at the NFL level to be a you know mid first round caliber receiver I don't think so um, I, I would bet against it to be honest with you uh, don't have Rondell Moore he was just below Caleb Farley I took off it's a shame but it's only because uh, of the back problems. And I think they're going to keep reoccurring because of, of the type of back surgery that he had. Um, Joseph Asai from Texas. We, neither one of us had, had him there. He's a, to me, he's a one dimensional guy. I don't think that fits with Flores is looking for. Um, Nick Bolton from Missouri is probably in that second round area now. Anyway, kind of that two down linebacker. So I don't have him. And finally, I don't have Richie Grant from UCF. You're a horrible human being. Cat. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to go with the fact that it's close to your bedtime that you forgot him. Uh, <laughs> but don't worry. I, I'll, I'm going to take the list I copied down of the ones that you picked, and I, I'm going to insert them there at number eight like you should be, and, and we'll call it a day on that. Um, another guy that just missed my list here, though, is, is Kenneth Gainwell, who I know I'm a little higher on than some folks are, but I really have him in that top tier of running backs for this draft, and it's part of why I didn't feel an urgency to move some of these guys up my board. Uh, as well as some of the other running backs that there are later on, uh, guys like Ramondre, uh, guys like uh, Elijah from uh, Louisiana, um, Lafayette, uh, you know Chuba Hubbard, who I think might be the guy that we saw in 2019 a little more than the guy we saw in 2020. Uh, one of those guys that the potential versus production didn't necessarily line up. And if Miami's able to stack up early like I think they can here, um, for one, I expect what they've got in the stable already to look a little bit better. And for two, I think some of these later guys will do pretty well behind this line if they rebuild it the right way here. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'd say just some observations, too, that from this list here is I, I see why, you know, I've been trying to put in context why I've, I've been in favor of drafting the running back at 18 if 
a player like a Jalen Phillips or a Tevin Jenkins or a JC Horn doesn't fall to 18. And one of those guys might, um, because so many people have the Dolphins going edge at 18. And I can understand that. But on my list here, I've got what eight edge players in the top 36. And uh, after Jalen Phillips, I've got eight of those guys between 15 and 36. So are seven of those guys between 15 and 36. So, if, if you go Najee Harris at 18 or Javante Williams at 18, or preferably you trade down a few spots and then draft the running back, I think you're going to get Basham or Joe Tryon or, or Greg Rousseau or Boogie Basham there. At, uh, at, did I say right. It's so nice you had to say it twice. Oh, man. Uh, see, it really is my bedtime. Uh, they're, they're at 36. I think I feel good you're going to get one of those guys, but I'm not quite sure – you're going to get the running back. I mean, I, one of those guys I feel like is going to fall to 36. But if you see, for example, Najee Harris go 16th to Arizona, who's got a big need at running back, and you see Javante Williams go 24th to Pittsburgh, you can bet the Dolphins are going to be on the phone, or you would think, trying to get ETN for that third running back. And now you're sacrificing value. I think that's a situation where the Dolphins could find themselves in. See, the one that the, the thing that scares me the most, and I know we're devolving a little or devolving a little bit here, is when we talked you and I talked briefly about this off the air, is what the Ravens did the other day. Um, because seeing the Ravens have those two picks at the end of the first round, I could very much see the Ravens dipping into some of the things that my I think Chris, Chris Greer would love in, in players out there. So the fact that they've got the two spots right there does scare me a little bit as far as what they're going to take off the board for Miami. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Paul, second to last show here, and this has been a great one. We've got almost 200 people in the chat here. Awesome. Awesome to, to spend this, uh, sp- uh, you know, spend this draft season with all of you and it's not over yet. Um, we got till Saturday. It's going to be a hell of a time until then. Um, Paul, any last thoughts, anything else jump out at you out there? Um, my last thoughts are I, I really wish the draft was still 12 rounds at this point, given how deep we've gone as far as the cuts go. I mean, Christ, what did I go to in our, our friggin' edge class? Uh, Seafoam Stadium in St. Paul, Minnesota for the St. Paul Golden Bears. Um you know, it's it's God. I I'm gonna miss this. I enjoy this time of year so much. As you know, much fun as it's gonna be. I I uh, I don't know when the draft used to be longer than seven rounds off the top of my head. It was in the '80s, I think, wasn't it? It uh, was. Yeah, and I remember hearing about that. And uh, the natural reaction from my playing 99% of sports fans is, is, geez, 13 rounds. What are you gonna do at 13 rounds? Like I'm like, oh my god! It used. I'm thinking, oh my god! It used to be 13 rounds. Why did they cut it down to seven? Right. <laughs> There's also. It reminds me too of a skit too, where with a with a with Bill Burr. And if if you're able to uh, listen to it while you're not at the office and not in front of your children, then it's pretty vulgar. But it's hilarious about the NFL draft. Like there was one night where um, Bill Burr's been my favorite comedian for 15, 20 years, and. Uh, I invited all my friends over for the, his HBO special and, you know, and we're all sitting around and everybody knows I love the draft. The first segment he does is about what a loser you have to be 
to sit there round after round after round watching the NFL draft. And, oh, my God, I was just dying. It's a great skit. It feels like you'll feel like Bill Burr's roasting you. But he's like, the whole list is going to be posted tomorrow. And you're sitting but I love sitting here th- three days in a row. I've done it every year since 1998. I have not missed one round except for the seventh round in 2006. A uh, certain girl I was dating at the time uh, tried to make draft day about her, and it didn't fly. So uh, I feel uh, you. Now I'm married to somebody else. So. I, I <laughs> no, remember. Excuse, excuse I, me. You, I, there wasn't an ex-wife. It was a girl ex-girlfriend. Dude, I remember anyway. being at my grandparents' house at you know when when they drafted OJ McDuffie and. I was stumping for him for a long time. And I remember no one wanted to watch the draft, but no one really wanted to watch TV. And they had a sun porch that had windows because it used to be the outside wall of the house. And then there was the sun porch out there. And we're talking the big, thick TVs just to date myself a little bit. And I remember I convinced my grandparents to let me turn the TV around and put it up against the window to the sun porch, which was no small feat, and put it on on mute so I could sit out on the sun porch while my whole family is there, right? And I'm sitting on the sun porch watching the draft on TV, and I remember running in, laughing, and, and, and like grabbing my dad and my uncle and telling them all about how they drafted O.J. McDuffie, and, and I remember them looking at me going, Miami drafted a punt returner in the, in the first, like, I'm like, no, no, this he's mo- so much more than that. Like, like, but he's kind of slow. I'm like, yeah, but it's okay. And they're like, uh, mm. and OJ wanted to be one of the best players that I, I've gotten to see personally. And, and really, you and I have gotten to, to see him a few times off camera, off field, you name it. And he's really one of the best human beings on the planet. He uh, is. And OJ, just a couple weeks ago, OJ McDuffie was at, uh, I, I may have told this story already, but O.J. McDuffie happened to be at a wedding with two of my best friends, and um, they started talking and, and you know, they texted me and said, do you know a guy named O.J. McDuffie? And I told him who he was. So then I turned my phone off because I'm watching TV with my wife, and then I, I get a missed FaceTime call, and it was, it was my friend. O.J. took his phone, was trying to FaceTime me, I was like, I turned my phone off for 15 minutes, which I never do, and I miss OJ McDuffie's FaceTime. I was like, damn. Now he's well, it's it's awesome seeing these these retired guys, Richmond Webb, Keith Sims, OJ McDuffie, just class act former Miami Dolphins. It, it makes you makes you happy to do a show like this. And, and I will say, at least it was a player that you've gotten to spend some time with. Um, I, at least I know when you and I've been in Miami, um, we've gotten to spend some time with the guy. Let alone, you know, so. At least there's that. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't somebody that, like, you've been, like, God forbid if I hadn't met Offered all before and, and gotten headbutted by the guy when I got that thing back there. Um, you know, if if one of my friends was at a wedding and they met Offered all and they tried to FaceTime me and I didn't get it because I was watching a TV show, I would have been so crushed. But yeah, that that's <laughs> a that's a great story. We'll we'll expand on a, on a, at another time. But uh, oh yeah, the so yeah. Hey everybody, uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're Paul and I are going to be doing a, a dueling one round mock draft here. We're still firming up uh, whether we're going to do no trades, one trade, two trades, and then we're going to follow it up with a the rest of the Dolphins dueling mock draft. So a seven round Dolphins mock draft to follow that. So be sure to be here. It's our last show of the year, uh, and then Thursday we're going to be right back here at it live. 
So follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, the finfanatic.com website as well, fan sided network. And uh, follow me on Brian Cat NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. <laughs>